0: Hey everyone! Welcome to the third season and the third episode of CSM Secrets, where we are attempting a debate format, where a person from a non-customer success background raises some genuine questions to customer success. Now, who have we got on the other side? We've got priti Padmanabhan. She's a senior director of marketing at Freshworks, well known in the Bay Area for uh, as a woman of influence in technology, and she's also known as an influencer and an investor. Preeti, welcome to the show. Thank you, Shubha, thank you for having me. Yeah, sure, and representing and defending customer success is Jason Noble. Joining us all the way from the United Kingdom, Jason has a unique feat of a hat tricker in being known as um, a customer success influencer, a podcaster, and he's been doing this for three years. And he's also the vice president of Link. Thank you, Jason, for joining us today. Hi there,
1: guys. Really happy to be here. Excited about the conversation.
0: Thank you. And, and to set off um, as on a good start, Preeti, I want to hand it over to you. Please shoot.
2: Thank you, Shubha. So, Jason, it's a pleasure to talk to you here. And uh, I'm looking forward to some collaborative conversation and maybe some constructive conversation on customer success uh, with uh, marketing. Uh, so. Customer success teams are investing heavily into customer advocacy tools and customer marketing. We see that even at Freshworks. I'd love to hear your perspective on some of the KPIs or metrics that customer success is coming up with to measure the success of such customer marketing activities.
1: That's a great question there. And I think if you look at what, what customer success is all about. I mean, it isn't it isn't about a team or a function. It's about delivering successful outcomes to our customers. So it's the whole principle of what we should be doing in a business, not just one team. Um, and I think the key, the key thing with marketing is marketing traditionally has been more focused on new business, business development. What a lot of organizations are, are missing still is investing in what I call customer marketing. So it's how do we market to our existing customers and how do we help our existing customers? And advocacy is a key, key thing there. You know, how do we get our customers to tell the market, to tell other people, to tell their friends, their family about the value and the outcomes they're getting from us and how it's making them successful? And it's a, it's a super critical part of what, what we want to do within marketing, within customer marketing. Um, It's an interesting question about the KPIs because I think there's a number of different things you can look at. You could track simply number of advocacy campaigns you do. You can track the success rate of those. If you do an advocacy campaign, how successful is it? What's the reach like? So it's no different really to normal marketing. You could also track inbound queries that come in through advocacy. So if we do a video or a case study that goes out to our uh, our prospects goes out to the market and from that's come from a customer and we get some potential leads and conversations for that, they're, they're things to track. Uh, a lot of businesses use the idea of what they call customer success qualified leads, so like CSQLs. You know, these are opportunities, if you want, identified within the customer success function that then go through either to an account management function or it can be part of the CS function, which is my preference but take that through to closure. So if there's another, if there's some existing customers that we can do more business with, that could come through the customer success team. If we get a lead that comes in from a brand new prospect, then that can go through the sales process. So I think tracking the quality of leads that come through the campaigns, and and you could also track kind of value of these these opportunities that come through the campaigns. There, There are a couple of ones that I think there, and I think it really, depends on the type of advocacy you know are you doing case studies videos are you doing write-ups are you doing interviews and you could also track the success of the different types of them you know some customers may be more happy to engage with happier more happy happier to engage with you on some of these whereas there wouldn't be on other ones so I think there's some of the ones I'd look at
2: Great points there, Jason. I think, you know, what I'm taking away is that one is certainly it's it's certainly less expensive to go and sell to an existing customer than to go find new ones. Right. And we've known that. Uh, and secondly, on talking about the leads and the value, I certainly think I can resonate well with that as a certain key metrics. And also nowadays, people are buying only through referrals. Referral selling is one of the most important ways and easiest ways to get more customers. So that, that hits the nail out there. What it
1: does completely. And even if you look at even as a consumer, the number of sites where you leave reviews and feedback, thats that's advocacy. know sure it can go the other way if people leave bad feedback but that's what businesses want they want their customers out there marketing because it's it is like it's a it's a i want to say simpler it's not a simpler form of it's more it can be a more cost effective form of marketing if your customers help you they use their own political and social capital to get out there and talk about you 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 mentioned at the beginning about the kind of the the cost of acquisition and yes it is if you look at existing customers they're existing customers it's it's easier to upsell and cheaper to upsell to an existing customer than, than it is to go out and go through new business. And the cost of acquisition is massively reduced. So there yeah. are those benefits as well. That side of the equation is in our, in, for our favor as well.
2: Absolutely. Well, I have a controversial question here and I, I, I want to hear your thoughts, right? You know, marketing loves to be part of direct conversations with customers. Oh. And CSMs that I've seen, I've worked with, are the ones in touch with the customer. And what do you think? Is it better for marketing to be part of these conversations or gather the input from the CSM? I believe it's great for marketing to be on it, but would love to hear your thoughts. I, and,
0: I think- it... I, want to add, I want to add another controversial question to what Preeti said, right? So the marketing guys are seasoned and trained and educated to do marketing, right? They bring that skill set. So why not them directly handle this? I, so you I, say they need to bring it. So just some questions for you. to. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. For me, they're not they're not controversial questions. It really, it, you'll find with a lot of customer success professionals, the answer is it depends. Depends on your organization. You know, if your organization has the marketing team focused on new biz, and that's all they do, they've got no capacity to do customer campaigns, then sure, it makes sense for your customer success team to do it. And we want to collaborate. We want to be trained. We want to know what good marketing looks like. So we have to work with a marketing team. If I'm an organization where I can invest more in my marketing team and I've got dedicated resources that can do customer marketing, absolutely. It really, there is no wrong or right. It really depends on your organization. Like you said, the marketing team are the ones that understand marketing. I'm not a marketing professional. This is why the other key thing with customer success, particularly for customer success leaders, it's a, there's a big horizontal part to the role. We're there to collaborate with the other teams. I, I want to be coming to marketing and say, guys, what new products are coming out? What new services can we do a campaign for our existing customers? What have we done about interviews? How do you guys do it? What does best practice look like? And help us help train the team. It's very similar on on the sales side but you know there are a lot of teams that, that bring in separate account managers to do renewals or upsell I, I'd much prefer the model where my customer success team can do it but they collaborate with the sales team they get trained on negotiation skills by the sales team so either model can work so I'm, I'm they're not they're not controversial to me both models can work they can both be really successful if, if you ask what my preference is i I would prefer a model where, where marketing do the bulk of the work, but customer success can do the introduction. So we could do a call, I could jump on a call with you, we do the introductions, we run through the customer, what we're trying to do, and then I'll let you do your marketing magic. So it's it's us collaborating. What I really like to see is where teams start this collaborating. So the marketing team and customer success team and sales teams meet up once a week, once a month, really regularly to go through success stories, wins and losses, what's worked, what else is coming. And by collaborating and getting everybody to think about the customer, that's where the real magic happens.
2: Certainly, we're here to make magic happen. I love Absolutely. the collaborative approach, Jason. Uh, let's talk about customer loyalty programs. So does creating customer loyalty programs or providing free support hours for customers really helping? Like, how, What is your opinion on how much more marketing can help customer success
0: grow the business i think uh, right Preeti? that's a great question and also to help retain because retention is the metric for customer success
1: right one one of one of the key metrics absolutely the the big one in customer success is is around net revenue retention so how much are my customers growing but but i think when you look at loyalty you know I'm, I'm i'm a big fan of net promoter score and I think that really gives me a good measure of loyalty and customer sentiment. But I don't I don't worry just about the score. It's the feelings, conversations behind it. Why did someone leave that score? And, and like you say, you could incentivize customers to be loyal. I mean, what. Whether you'd offer free support hours, I mean, it, that may be part of your negotiation to get a renewal that may count for loyalty. But, but that, that if I'm delivering value for my customers, why would I have to discount the product? If the product's delivering the value the customers want, if support is providing the services they want, if it's fixing the problems, the, the, the price conversation and having to offer free support comes away from it. If I'm delivering the value and the customer is getting the outcomes they want from me, they'll renew of course they'll, they'll stay loyal to me as long as we're delivering that value that is the critical thing so the moment when you start having to discount things and throw in free things you've got to look at why are we having to do this what have we missed have we have we missed the price point completely to start with what's changed in the customer situation so i wouldn't i wouldn't discount and have a loyalty program where i'm rewarding loyalty with free things necessarily you know i I get my customers to come and speak at our events. I get them to write case studies. Get them to come to company events. That's that's rewarding loyalty. It's getting them to showcase what they're doing. I don't like the idea of free support. You know, if there's a value with why we're doing free support. Why do I have to discount it? And provide it free. It's a very yeah. different thing.
2: Now I completely agree with that. Sometimes when you provide things for free, people wonder, like, what's the catch? You
1: know. Yeah. But, yeah. You, but you set the wrong expectation as well. You know, support. Again, it depends on your business model. Support may be included in in your pricing. But but if you set the precedent that you're going to do this for free, what'll happen next time? And what happens next time? And a lot of a lot of organizations to get those, particularly organizations starting off, to get those first wins, discount the pricing. So when you come through to renewal, the customer's like, Well, I had a discount to start with. Can't I get that discount again? So you've just got to be very conscious of it. And You should, if you're delivering the right thing, if you're confident in your product and your product solves a problem for the customer, delivers value for them, that's the key thing for them. If you're doing the right things, the the pricing thing, yes, it comes into it, but it's not as important.
0: So I I think it is not really about pricing, but it is more like, you know, the application of loyalty programs, Preeti, what I have heard is it's not really to do with the pricing or, you know, giving discounts. But it is more like you know incentivizing the customer for giving you more and more business, right? Like you know you were at level one, you became a gold customer, then you moved to a platinum customer. You're giving me a huge incremental business, in which case I want to incentivize you more, right? By creating some, some incentivization programs, such as you know um, you know doing value additions for you. One of that could be free support hours. The other thing could be free consulting hours, right? Those are the kind of things without actually touching the price point of the product. This so is you, you are, you are
1: touching the price though. You are touching the price because you're giving it for free. Why do you need to do that? If the customer goes from one tier to another tier and they're paying more because they're getting more value, why, why do you need... that? They're, they're, they're going up in tiers because they're getting more value from you. Exactly. More right? So, so you're not
0: really touching the the license price of the product, right? That remains the same. But we, we, I mean, we as an in, in our thing, we practice, you know, a certain free, it's not like forever free, free, right? Like you're, we are completely discounting. There are some special hours or support hours which we go live where anyone from the field or their L1, L2 support team are free to come and discuss with us, right? And I, we're not charged I... for it.
1: Just package those in as part of the platinum tier. That's a standard service. You know, why why do you need to do it for free? If, if it's doing the right thing.
0: A couple of things. It doesn't hurt our PNL. That is number one. The second one is that you know, we we feel some kind of a rewarding, a kind of a giving back kind of a thing has encouraged the loop to do more, to do more. So I give, like say what, point X of my support revenue away. But in return, I'm able to really push the customer from platinum to even higher. You know but, what but I mean. It
1: does, but it does impact your PNL if you're giving away support. It impacts. Not,
0: your P&L. not by not by a significant means is what I'm saying. But, not but, by a yeah, very but, significant means. But I
1: think what you've got to do is look at, you know, does that become if a customer for a customer to go to platinum, if I only have to provide free support, that, no, that no. to me doesn't sound right. No, that's not
0: how it is. No, no, I agree with it. That's not how it is done. So as you go above, you choose to go above and we give you these, 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 uh, you know, perks or benefits or give backs or rewards. See, it is well proven to work in the B2C market. We are floating some of these things in the B2B, you know, the gamification, like rewards, recognitions, those kind of things.
1: Yeah, I, I, I get it. And, and, it, and, it, and it, can, it can work. I mean, gamification can work, but but I don't, you've got to be very conscious about what you're doing. I wouldn't look at free consultancy and free support. I mean, for me, they're part of the value I'm providing. There are other models you can do, but I but I'd question that, you know, in B2B, gamification might be you become a level two user or a level three user. You know, why yeah. do I need to reward discounted or free support I, I just don't like the idea of that because if i'm if my is getting value for me from what i'm delivering why do i need to discount it it shouldn't come into it you, you are affecting the price if i'm giving free consultants your free support it's the same just in a different a different bundled up differently i'm reducing the price
0: no I, I think we we can share some models with you where the hit on the price is not so deep right because um, I mean, we can we can discuss this,
1: sure. but it's still an impact on price. That's my point. You're still impacting it. I'd, I'd rather come up with a simple pricing model that the customer knows exactly what they're getting for, not have to throw in free incentives to get them, no, particularly no, the point
0: here is with those free incentives. Also, we've actually increased the revenue and margins and they say margin, the net margins. But yeah, I mean, I think it's. it's I guess I guess the
2: marketing person has to come and make peace here. I'm going to throw in a new question here for you, Jason. You know, one one of my initial conversations with our chief customer officer uh, to ask about something that's most important to the customer experience group. The answer was to reduce and prevent churn, right? Because when you can retain one dollar you actually make more than going and trying to earn another dollar. Um, And marketing will be able to help with that, I believe. I would love to hear what marketing can do with respect to preventing churn, increasing net dollar retention, right? Uh, What what would you think?
1: I I think you really, I I mean, you've got to look at why you've got churn, you know, and churn's not there are lots of different causes of churn. Some may be specific to customers. Some may be broader. Marketing can help by talking more about product. You know what new features are coming. What are our plans? Uh, and as as a thought leader, you know how are we leading the industry? That absolutely marketing marketing can hear, and you can match what our product plans are and service plans are with what the customer plans are. So I think that's a key role that marketing can play. But only for certain types of churn you know if there are certain types of churn that are related to changes in customer circumstances or external market factors marketing may not be able to help but i think marketing can absolutely help with what the message is around the product where are we going what's the roadmap what are our plans how how are we positioning ourselves as a thought leader you know what are new services coming as i said in new products
2: that sounds great, Jason. Uh, would Are there any final words uh, from, or insights from you that you'd like to share with the
1: audience? I, I think the, the key thing is, and, and I, I love this conversation, I mean, the key thing is that there is, as I said, the collaboration with marketing and CS and sales is critical to the success of our customers. And, and try to not think about it as separate teams, all work together. You know, the the conversation about incentivization there are some ideas but but i go back you know don't you don't have to devalue your product if we're if we're giving what the customer wants at that right price level that's the value they need don't you don't have to resort to devaluing the product there may be something that there's a better thing to incentivize individuals get our customers to come and speak at a keynote panel with us or come at one of our away days or something that i think can add real value for them
0: so pretty what are your final thoughts like you know do you do you see a value in working closely with customer success team has it helped you improve your overall marketing strategy and overall the business of your company does it what are your thoughts
2: absolutely Uh, i think a lot of things jason shared earlier i could really resonate with because we work very closely with the customer success in getting some really good customer stories. Um, I personally even have uh, some mentees in the customer success side because I I help to tailor some of the messages that customer success is sending out because marketing can provide insights on how to word and message and position some of those key messages that customer success is sending to their customer. So it's certainly a wonderful and mutually a uh, cooperative and collaborative relationship that can overall uh, benefit the company uh, uh, you know, across the board.
1: I, okay. I love that. And that, like you say, yeah, the message Yeah, I love the
0: part where you're, you're having mentees and CS team, right? It's, it's brilliant because, because
1: the, the, that messaging, this is what marketing, you're skilled at this. This is what you guys do. Help us, we're all there to help the customers. Yeah. I love that.
0: Yeah. That's
1: real collaboration.
0: Great point, uh, Preeti. So the next verdict, I mean, the two teams need to collaborate learn the best practices you know have cross mentoring and really do well uh, for the overall good of the company right that was this conversation about thank you so much once again and uh, see you all soon in some other event thank you
1: thank you very much
0: Bye. bye